Okay, you guys, here we go. She Runs Ultras episode number 36. Today, I want to talk about everybody's favorite thing. No, it's not the aid station snack buffet. (laughs) It's actually Hills. And I get that maybe they're not everybody's favorite thing, but you should at least be equipped with the knowledge and the understanding of how to train for them. Okay, so that's the objective for today. And at the very least, you should stop avoiding them at all cost, right? Especially if you have a race coming up with lots of elevation change in it. So the topic of hills came up in Run Farther, Faster, Stronger the other day when we were talking about training plans and race-specific training, because if you saw um, my earlier posts or you listened to a previous podcast episode, you know I have a bunch of athletes that were doing the Ragged 75 stage race, and that has a lot of elevation change. So that discussion morphed into a separate discussion about how to integrate hills into our training plans. And hills are one of those things that I feel like you either love them or hate them. People have really strong feelings about hills. And around here where I live, I can't avoid them. So I'm always intrigued when I hear people say that they specifically choose routes with the least amount of hills. First of all, how is that possible? (laughs) I mean, around here, you can't do that. And the concept of running like an exclusively flat route is so foreign to me, but I get it. If you don't really like hills, then that's going to be your kind of default setting, flat. But I learned a long time ago to just embrace them, which for me often means walking them, and that's totally okay. So let's just kind of dive right in here and talk about the different ways that you can work hills into your training. And when I sat down to like think about this episode and kind of map this out, It boiled down to, there's really two ways to do this. And I guess I should say there's just, there's not just two ways. There's two overarching strategies that you can kind of deploy. And the first one is run the hills in your neighborhood. And this is the easiest way to start incorporating hills into your training. And if you don't live near any hills, you're going to have to do a little bit of extra effort to map out a route that's got some in there and probably drive to it. Okay, so this is the easiest or simplest way, but it's still going to take some effort. And one of the things that I do is I start out with just one up and down each hill when I go out. And if I want more, I'll do two or three times up and down. So for example, I have this five mile route, like a circle, I guess you would call it a lollipop route near my house. And along that route, there's, I'm counting in my head, one, two, three, four hills that I can do in both directions. So if I just want to run five miles, I'll just go and run five miles straight. But if I want to do more hills, I'll run that five mile route. But every time I encounter a hill, I'll do it two or three or four times. So that five mile lollipop route turns into maybe six or seven miles, depending on the number of hill repeats that I do. So that's just like a really simple way to start doing them without having to put forth a whole lot of extra effort. And when I do those hill repeats, I'll start out with really easy efforts, especially if it's early in the year and I'm just kind of getting started on my training. So the progression would basically go walking first, then jogging, then running, and then sprinting. But I'll admit, I don't, I don't do much sprinting up the hills uh, because it sucks, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> just being honest. Every now and again, I will throw some sprinting in just for kicks and just to remind myself that I probably should be going a little bit faster. Now, if you don't like hills, the best way to start is to just walk them because over time you'll start to build up the cardio and the muscular strength to start doing them a little bit faster or to do them a little bit longer or to do them multiple times. And that morphs into um, being able to do multiple hills over the course of um, a full route. So whereas as like in the beginning, you might have just done one set of hill repeats And over time, you might be able to do two or three or four over the course of a longer route. Now, that's not necessary by any stretch, but it's just a possible progression or permutation. So, like I said, the first and most easy and simplest way is to just make use of what you have available to you in your immediate surroundings. The second way is to physically go to the mountain, right? Go to the hill that's bigger than just, you know, the hill at the end of your street. So this involves a little more planning and some driving, but if you need elevation change for your upcoming race, it's well worth it. And I'm always surprised when people try to skip this step when they're doing a race that's got some, you know, decent elevation change. And when I'm training for a race that's got a lot of vert, I'll do mountain repeats or like go to a spot where I can get a couple of, I think you guys have heard me say this before, but up downs, I just call them up downs. Um, And I have this spot that's on this one continuous trail that I can do a couple of them. So it's not like I'm having to do the same short section of trail over and over and over again. And that way I can get climbing in, but also some descending, right? This is something that people forget to train, myself included sometimes. I just forget. Like we're so focused on the going up that we forget what goes up must come down. So don't forget to train the descent. And this can start by just walking the descents and then over time start to practice like a slow jog and then a run. So your knees and quads will thank you come race day when you've actually done some of this descent training. And again, I want to just kind of reinforce small doses to start with, and then you can build up from there. Now, there are other like sort of more creative options for getting in elevation or vertical gain and that don't really involve hills or going to the mountains, especially if you're kind of like pressed for time. um, These are some good options to test out. So if you work in a large office building with multiple floors, you can run the stairs, right? You can go up and down each flight a couple times. Maybe that's throughout your day or, you know, after or before work, you change into your clothes and you actually do a specific stair or hill kind of workout. In that same idea, you could go to your local high school football stadium and run the bleachers or the stadium stairs. You could even, if they have a track there, you could do a couple laps on the track and then go up and down the stairs a few times. Just got to get creative here. If you are going to the gym and they happen to have a Stairmaster, I don't even know if that's what they're still called these days, right? Stairmaster. Um, I used to do a lot of Stairmaster two years ago when I was training for Barkley. And since that gym is now no longer in existence, I'm a little bummed that I can't do my 30 minutes on the Stairmaster. But that definitely helped me when I was pressed for time or couldn't get to the actual hills. Using a Stairmaster is a great stand-in. And when all else fails, just go up and down the stairs in your house a few extra times a day and you or you could carry some extra weight 
dumbbells, kettlebells, a kid, a dog, (laughs) whatever you have available to you to just start practicing picking your feet up and pushing your body weight up and then controlling your descent down. All right. So let's talk about when to start incorporating these hill workouts into your training plan. Way back, all the way back in episode four, when we talked about how to write your own kick-ass training plan, we talked about the different phases. I think that hills should be incorporated throughout your training plan. This is my like overarching statement. Don't wait until you're three weeks out from your race, right? That's not the time to start injecting a ton of hill workouts. Um, something is always better than nothing. And so I think that hills should be incorporated throughout the whole thing. But the most important time to do them is during your build phase as you're leading up to your race. And it's not, like I said, just the three weeks prior. It's, you know, maybe eight to 12 weeks leading up. And like I mentioned previously, you can start by just walking them during your build phase. So Don't be scared by hills. I think like all of what I'm trying to say here is that start early, do them just a little at a time and start building them incrementally into your training plan. Don't, you know, try to cram hills in at the very last second. So in the beginning in that build phase would be a great time to slowly introduce them into the mix so that by the time you get to your build phase, it's not a complete and like total shock to your system. So this then kind of begs the question, how often should I train hills? And the answer depends on your race, what race you're actually going to do, and your physical conditioning. So how much vert do you need for your race? Is it 500 feet of elevation change or 5,000, right? This will determine how often. And then the second part of this is how much can your body tolerate if you're really early on in your training plan? probably not a lot. If you're doing them consistently throughout your training plan, as you get closer, you can start to increase um, time, frequency, duration, volume, effort, all of that. So there isn't just one cut and dry answer, you know, how many times you should do it. You have to do like a little bit of science and magic when it comes to programming for your training plan. But if you've been slowly integrating hills from the beginning, your capacity to do hills should be pretty high once you get to that build phase. So I've kind of talked about like how much I do personally. So I'll use myself as an example here. I'm running four days a week and I typically do one hill specific workout each week. And during my other runs, I don't shy away from any hills that I encounter. And I might do, you know, a couple easy repeats here and there, but nothing overly strenuous. And like I said earlier, I can't avoid hills where I live. So they're a part of every single run that I do. So I'm almost microdosing myself with hills. <laughs> now you might like to do more hill training than that, depending on your goal race, but I wouldn't recommend any less like once every other week or once every two weeks. You need to really, like I said, microdose the hills and then start to up the ante and increase as you're going along. And just like every other skill, hills take time, you guys. They take time to build. And in order to do that, you've got to be exposing your body to them early, often, and regularly, whether that's in nature, like on your actual route, or by doing some of those other more creative hill options, right? Like even you'd be really surprised, you guys, even just doing 
extra stairs in your house or at your office, you know, taking the stairs instead of the elevator or the escalator, all those little things start to add up. It's the compound effect. We talked about that like a long time ago. And we actually talk about the compound effect a lot in Run Farther, Faster, Stronger. So those of you guys that are in the program or have been in the program and you're hearing this now, you're nodding your head saying, yes, compound effect, because that's actually what they're, this is a tangent, but that's actually what they're experiencing in the program is this like microdosing of strength and mobility training over the course of however many weeks they're in the program that ultimately yields big results on the back end, right? They're not doing hours and hours of this work every single day. It's 10 to 30 minutes, depending on where they are in their plan, how much time they have available to them. And yeah, it, to- it totally adds up. So there's like a really quick primer on hills, you guys. Um, I mean, we could definitely, you know, really dig deep and do different training plan analysis and how much should this person be doing versus that person and, you know, all the different permutations. But let's just keep it simple. We don't need to overcomplicate things, right? Run the hills in your neighborhood, go to the mountains, and then get creative. So I guess there's like three ways that you could do it versus the two that I said in the beginning. But start early, do them often, walk first, and then start integrating a faster pace or a cadence, and then start to, you know, determine really how much you need to be doing. How often should you train hills based on what you need for your race and how much your body can handle? Sound good? So um, hopefully that helps you get a handle on when to do them and how much to do. As always, I love hearing from you guys. So DM me on Instagram at findyourultra and let me know. Hills, love them, hate them, and why. Don't just tell me you love them or you hate them. You need to tell me why because that's a crucial piece. It's important to know the why. And if you can't tell me why, that's a really interesting indicator or sign that maybe you just need to do them more. shameless plug for doing more hills. (laughs) So in addition to getting questions about how to integrate more race specific training into your schedule, i.e. hills, the other question I get a lot is how do I run more and hurt less? And this is such a good question (laughs) because if you've been following me for a while, you'll likely know the answer to this already. But if you're new here, the simple answer is strength and mobility. Runners put their bodies through a lot. And it is at a certain point, like they become accustomed to, and even I would say like resigned to the constant aches and pains that are associated when you start racking up all the miles. It doesn't have to be that way though. And I can a hundred percent speak from experience here as somebody that has had horrible sciatic pain. If you want to hear about it, go all the way back to basically episode one, where I tell you the story about how I couldn't get up off my living room floor. So embarrassing. And yet I'm willing to (laughs) willing to tell that story to demonstrate that incorporating more strength and mobility into my training plan was what made the difference. And not only in my running, but in my overall quality of life. I mean, seriously, I couldn't get up off the floor. So that's like a serious quality of life issue. Now you guys know about Run Farther, Faster, Stronger and how the current round is closed, but I wanted to put together something that you could do without having to wait for the next round to be open. So I pulled together a bunch of the strength and mobility essentials to help you get started. And I 
promise it's not really as complicated as you might think. This is one of the obstacles that I think hems people up is that they think they have to have a bunch of like experience with this stuff and that's not the case. So I'll put the link in the show notes, but you can go to megan-gould.com forward slash essentials to check it out. So it's Megan with an H g-o-u-l-d.com forward slash essentials e-s-s-e-n-t-i-a-l-s so it's a four-week program that basically walks you step-by-step through the process of integrating more strength and mobility into your running routine and the goal is for you to start to move more frequently with fewer aches, pains, and restrictions so that you can run all the miles necessary to get you to your goal, whether that's 5K or 500K. So if you're constantly dealing with aches and pains and injuries, if you feel like your running has plateaued and you want to make the jump to the next distance, this is for you. Now, like I said, don't worry, you, you don't have to like know anything about this stuff before you start. All you have to do is hit play and follow along and I'll teach you everything you need to know in order to get your body firing on all cylinders. So go check it out, megan-gould.com forward slash essentials or just follow the link in the show notes. That's all for this episode. You guys enjoy this beat and I'll see you all soon. 